0: Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Yay Day, October 30th. My name, of course, is Javier Reyes, your host of this here Lockdown Padres Podcast. Check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno, which is J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And if you feel so inclined, please hit me up on those accounts with any comments, questions, or just thoughts you might have. And I might respond to them, and I might even respond to them here on the show. Stay tuned for that call for a mailbag, guys. It's coming any second. I know I've been teasing it for a while, but it's coming any second. So be sure to hit me up on there. If you'd like your questions to be talked on the show, Um, today's episode, I figured, you know free agency we're not in like the thick of things but we're certainly talking about it it's becoming a thing soon we're going to be in november and then december so soon all the rumors and stuff are going to start I, I at least i think propagating up more and more so i felt like let's do like a little preview free agency preview type of thing and i thought it even made even more sense cuz yesterday keith law who everybody knows obviously released his top 40 free agents for this upcoming um off season and i figured to do a two part podcast i was going to break down the first 20 and then the last 20 uh, and just you know kind of talk about my thoughts on them do a little bit of general baseball talk just 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 you know all free agency type of stuff and then uh you know just kind of th- talk about you know which guys should the Padres maybe go after should they be interested in that type of stuff just share my thoughts on this so uh let's let's just get it going guys so the first one that he ranked overall is George Springer now the thing with George Springer is You know, the first thing that comes to mind with George Springer, I think, among all baseball fans, is his Astros player. You know, bottom line is he is part of that cheating Astros team that nobody likes. He is 31 years old, but he's probably the guy that, among all the position players available, he's the best bet to be, like, the closest superstar, potentially, that is on the free agency list this year, at least in terms of position players. Um, In terms of that, it would be a huge splash if the Pirates did get this guy. His slash line from this year, while well, a little bit down compared to his previous year back in 2019, he batted 265, 359, 540 with 14 home runs. So look, and if you look at like the totality of his career, he's like a potential 30 home run guy. It looks like every sort of year and he doesn't really have the speed anymore and he doesn't look like he strikes out nearly as more, which is probably the best thing. Back in 2016, uh, he struck out 178 times, but ever since then, he's basically, you know, kept his strikeout rate relatively low, especially for power guys, and he's a pretty good defensive player. So, I understand the ranking of him number one. I do not think the Astros should necessarily... I mean, not the Astros. I do not think the Padres should really go for this guy. I know he's the number one dude, but I'm just... I'm reticent for the Padres to make a giant splash right now. Now, I will say, though, the outfield is the one position that if they were to splash on a free agent, it makes sense to go for outfield, because there's not really as many prospects that the Padres have as of right now that seem like they might be potential superstars uh, coming in the outfield. You have Luis Campisano, and you have C.J. Abrams, and those guys are more positional players in the infield, so... Springer is going to be the guy that I'm looking forward to, but I don't think he's like this ultimate can't miss free agent. I think he's a great great player, but it is also there's reason to believe that, you know, are we sure that he's going to be able to continue the pace that he's at and, you know, be a borderline MVP candidate for the deal that he's probably going to get. I'm going to wager right now, uh, not necessarily, you know, maybe he's going to be like a, a 20-win player, which is which is great, but are, are we sure that that's going to happen? I'm not really sure. Um, second on the list is JT Realmuto who is the by approxim- by my approximation just the ultimate like Philly Twitter, like folk hero, this guy is basically the best catcher in baseball. One of the top three defensive catchers in baseball, just in terms of his pitch framing, ability to throw runners out. He's awesome. He's thirty years old, and you know that's the other thing. When I talk about top free agents, guys, a lot of these guys are going to be thirty years old. So I don't even think I should bring up the age if that's okay with you guys. I'll, I'll bring up the age unless if it's really really important. But anyway, this one I can't wait to see where J.T. took goes. It doesn't. I don't really know what the what's Philly thinking, just because. I see all their fans freaking out and being like, sign him, you cowards, extend him, or whatever, including Bryce Harper was on there, like, campaigning for him to get signed. So I could see them potentially doing that. However, signing a catcher to a big deal makes no sense for the Padres right now, considering they do have Austin Nola and Luis Campisano. I wouldn't be surprised if that guy becomes a, full catcher, a full-time full catcher at some point in the uh, next season. So he's a guy that I'm passing on anyway. And then here's the big one, the big one that everybody's wondering about, Trevor Bauer. Obviously, you got George Springer, who might be the first over Which I agree with Keith Law. He probably is my number one free agent as well for this offseason. But Trevor Bauer is probably the most exciting one. You know, because he's this big, dynamic, very polarizing personality with the way he acts. I mean, it wasn't so long ago that this guy, after getting pulled from a game, just launched the ball into center field, if you guys remember that, back with the Indians. And it also wasn't so long ago when he started campaigning for just celebrating on the mound and unwritten rules are stupid and all this stuff so well some people might see that as a little bit self-aggrandizing I you know I'm in the the middle right now and I'm seeing and I really do understand the the hatred that sometimes people have towards Trevor Bauer my feeling is also this though his spin rate was out of control this past year there was just certain things a super low ERA and even compared to his best season when he was a borderline like maybe top 8 Cy Young candidate this felt like he might have been a little bit over his head so my reasoning is, and I do agree, I do, by the way, agree with Keith Law that he is probably the number one pitcher heading into this offseason uh, for free agents. But I'd say my theory is this I wouldn't necessarily want to sign Trevor Bauer to a long term deal. But if he's doing, you know, allegedly he's a big fan of these one one year contracts, then I would be a lot more okay with the Padres signing Trevor Bauer because, you know, locker room presence and just whether or not he played over, you know, a little bit over his head this season because of his, you know, because of a shortened season. Who knows if maybe people. We'll starting to figure it out and what have you, but also on the counter to that is maybe he has figured it out. Maybe this is a Garrett Cole thing where, you know, it took him a bunch of years and then he became a super, superstar. Instead of just a pretty good pitcher, he became a superstar. And that's kind of the story of Trevor Bauer's career. Maybe he's figured it out. I would not want them necessarily to sign him to a long year deal, but if it is a one year, like 15 million type of deal, I could see that, especially for a team that, you know, some of its starting pitches are a little bit a little bit uncertain. Although not super serious in Nelson Lament and my with their injuries it would be definitely interesting to see if the Padres did do that but the next free agent prospect that Keith Law has is number four Marcus Stroman right-handed pitcher he's he's the one that if the Padres were to make a deal for a starting pitcher and it's a long-term kind of contract or at least a contract that's more than like four or five years whatever he's kind of the guy between these two that I prefer them doing that however I will say he's you know I don't know he hasn't pitched since 2019. Remember, he didn't play this year because he, he opted out due to the uh, the COVID-19 season and he was hurt. So I don't know fully how I feel about Marcus Stroman. That being said, though, I mean, I don't know how I feel about as in terms of his abilities. However, that all being said, I love him as a personality. He's just like Trevor Bauer in a lot of ways in terms of... And he's not just like Trevor Bauer. Cut that, cut that, cut that out. Uh, I mean, he's like, a, uh, he has that thing where he is definitely electric and teammates seem to super like him and he was super fun when he was in Toronto. And I know that it seems like everybody in New York seemed to like him. I know they got frustrated because he opted out of the season, but I really, really, really like Marcus Stroman. So between the two, I would just like him more, you know, I would like him more. I'm not saying he's better before you guys get frustrated and say, oh, this and that. No, I'm just saying it might be the guy that I prefer the most between the two. But we're going to have to see longer uh, as things go on. I feel like he does have a nice... repertoire especially when you kind of look at you know his ability to throw different pitches based on whether it's a lefty or righty I do like that about him but we'll have to see uh, how the market kind of shifts towards a guy who didn't pitch this year and was hurt so we'll see how that goes down number five Marcelo Zuna this is a nice one and, and his then and Keith Law mentions here that his BABIP was extraordinarily high this year at 391 which is something that will definitely regress so you could probably expect you know if you look at his average this year His slash line was 338, 431, 636 with a grand total. Of 18 home runs, he was just absolutely absurd this year. I don't think that buying in on those projections would be smart, especially considering the aforementioned BABIP. If the Padres do this, that would be probably one of their biggest things of the off season. It's a little bit less. I'd be a little bit more concerned just because I think his lifetime averages of 277, 335, 466 is a little bit more in line with him. I would love for him to be able to replicate what he did in Miami when he batted 312, 376, 548. But I don't know if that's necessarily going to happen. I do think though that if he's someone who could bat like 280, and have a decent on-base percentage, which is something that he's kind of been up and down in when you look at it, you know, 317, 308, 321, 376, 325, 330, 431 for the past like six years, I would be very curious to see where he goes in this respect. I think a lot of this just depends on how we feel about Tommy Pham heading into next season and how you feel about actually just the rest of the outfield because maybe Will Myers isn't as legit. I don't think it would be necessarily the right move for the Padres to make because I am a little bit worried about Tommy Pham in left in terms of a defensive player and I'm still kind of worried about Will Myers in right field. He wasn't as deplorable as recent years but still I don't want to have a defense where two of the guys are potentially big liabilities because you know Marcelo Zuna isn't a great defender necessarily out and left so I wouldn't want to make it that a lot of of the defensive metrics need to come from Trent Grisham next year, who, you know, admittedly it was still a small sample size. While he did play well in center field this year, I don't want him to be the the only force defensively in the outfield for the Padres, so I would kind of pass on Ozuna. At least that's just me. Next free agent is Marcus Simeon. He is one of the ones that is fascinating to me because, you know, I just look at uh, guys who just if the the COVID uh, pandemic doesn't kind of happen, I'd love to see how this guy ends up finishing because low-key, low-key, Last year, Marcus Semyon was a bona fide MVP candidate, right? He played in all 162 games. He had an offensive war of 7.5 and defensive war of 2.2. Now, was that a little bit over his head? That's true, but I do believe that the defense is legit, and I think that he could be a pretty good offensive player, but he wasn't very good this year. In 53 games played, he had a slash line of 223, 305, and 374, which is way, way, way down uh, based on his career average, especially over the past few years. So, yeah, Marcus Simeon, one of the more fascinating free agents, just because I really want to see who gets him, and they might get him on a discount, and if they do, I'd love to see the team savvy enough to kind of take a chance on him and be like, we think that your 2019 was more legit, and that 2020 was just a little bit of a blah, and there's plenty of other guys who had blah seasons, like, look at Christian Yelich, do we think Christian Yelich stinks now? I don't think so, I just think that he might have had a, a poor 60 games. But, of course, Padres, we're going to pass. I think we have our shortstop of the future. We also have C.J. Abrams, if anything happens, by a chance at shortstop. So, yeah, I think we're good there. But I'm super curious to see where he pans out. Number seven, DJ LeMayhew. Uh, he's 32. He plays the second base. He's, like, the beloved, basically the best player, honestly, as someone who pays attention to the Yankees that they've had in a while, I know Judge is technically better, I know that Stanton is probably more talented too, but those guys don't necessarily always put it together, they're really hurt often and DJ LeMahieu always seems to come up big when the Yankees need him, I would be shocked if the Yankees didn't re-sign him I don't think this is necessarily a player that the Padres are going to be going for because I do think that they're comfortable with going with Jake Cronenworth right now because they don't have to necessarily uh, shell out for him, so this isn't a guy that we should be looking for uh, the Padres to be going after, however, I am really curious to see, especially if there's a crazy reaction by the Yankees fans if they don't re-sign him. That will be hilarious, I must admit. The same thing actually goes, i am actually, I didn't mention this before, but I can't wait to see if like Trevor Bauer goes to the Yankees and that New York media kind of like, you know, attacks him more. And I shouldn't say attacks him more, but like really dives deep into him and dives into his comments and more so than maybe the Cincinnati Reds uh, type of uh, media organization does. So I'd be just fascinated to see how he plays off the New York media. But anyway, number eight, Dee Gregorius, shortstop, age 31. Dede is, I don't know if I've talked about this. He's one of my favorite players in the whole league. I loved watching him. Um, even on the Diamondbacks a little bit. I know there was only one year, but I just loved seeing like some of the highlights he had defensively, even though he wasn't a good batter. And then the Yankees... He was just so fun, and I, you know, I remember seeing one time that you know his tweets, his little emoji tweets that he has after uh, each game that he does. That he did it with the Yankees, and he'd be like, you know, uh, like different different emojis to represent each players, like mustaches and all this stuff. And the grammar might be a little bit unintelligible, and then people would be like, "Hey, man, like what the heck is going on here?" And someone was just like in the comments, they were like, "Bro, relax. This the English is like this guy's sixth language. Just leave him alone." And then the dude just responds He's like, "Oh, my bad. I didn't know." what a king you know so I do love Didi Gregorius I love that the fandom over him he's fun definitely a flawed player in some way but really consistent in terms of just uh, making contact but he's a shortstop stop moving on <laughs> moving on but definitely one of those guys he's one of my favorite players in the league and just has a great smile on his face and I love to see him do well Next up is Colton Wong, number nine uh, at second base for Keith Law's top 40 prospects. Um, again, same thing kind of goes here for D.J. LeMahieu, but I, the thing about Colton Wong is basically a lot of this is he's just a solid offensive player. He's been consistent uh, for the most part, and especially when it comes to his defense. He was second among all second basemen and outs above average in 2019 and led both uh, in defensive runs saved as well, so he's great. Um, he's a pretty decent hitter and he's definitely one of those like low key out of all the top free agents available that i think would make a really good addition to most teams however i don't think the potter is necessary this is a guy that they should be aiming for I guess he's just one of those players that you hope doesn't sign with anyone in the division, which I don't honestly see right now because I don't know what the Rockies are going to do. I don't think that the Diamondbacks, I think they're rebuilding. I think they're having a fire sale right now. The Dodgers are still great, but they're kind of, I feel like, securing the infield for the most part. I think Gavin Lux is their big prospect, and I think he plays second, so I don't think they want to do that. And if they, always, if they ever had to, they could also move Chris Taylor there. And then the Giants are another team that I think is kind of rebuilding right now. Although they might make like a, a decision or two, I don't know. I might have to have Ben again again on the past uh, the podcast to just kind of talk about where exactly the Giants are heading in terms of their free agency because I'm kind of curious. But anyway, uh, the tenth ranked prospect on Keith Law's top forty is Jackie Bradley Jr. Awesome, awesome player. That, if he played a different position, I would definitely be excited for the Padres to go for, but he's a center fielder, and his bat is just one of those that always has something, you know, left to be desired, I think, especially when he became, like, more of a power hitter instead of just a solid contact guy, uh, which is, in in fairness, a lot of the league players, I feel like, has trended that way, where they've given up on average in contact in order to go for the long ball, but... A plus, A plus, A plus defender, but he plays center. We already got Trent Grisham, so that's a no there. And before we get into the rest of the uh the top 20 in this part one of this podcast, I need to talk to you guys about something that is also super A plus A plus. You know where I'm going? i no 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 guys, I need to talk to you about Built Bar. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, Bilt Bar, it's super, super tasty. They've got 12 original flavors. Coconut, almond, raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, mint and brownie, salted caramel, double chocolate, orange, toffee almond, coconut, and peanut butter brownie. Whew, almost ran out of breath just saying how many Bilt Bar flavors there are, and they're really, really tasty. Not only are they just covered in 100% chocolate and super soft and chewy, but even the flavors you might not expect to be good. Say, maybe you're not even a German chocolate fan for some reason, I don't know why you wouldn't be. Well, I wasn't a mint brownie fan and I loved their mint brownie flavor trust me they're just that good and they have six amazing new flavors coming in caramel brownie cookies and cream cherry barcia lemon almond cheesecake carrot cake apple almond crisp those are the six, and of course, I have—I forgot, I haven't even mentioned, the best part about Bilt Bar is not only all the tasty stuff too, but they're also healthy for you. They're great for the keto diet, high fiber, high protein, low sugar, and low calorie count. So if that all sounds good to you, and let's be honest, how doesn't it sound good to you? You can go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Remember, that is promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at builtbar.com. And continuing on here, guys, with the top 20 of the top 40. Does that make sense? You guys get what I'm doing right now? Okay, we're doing the first top 20 today, and then the latter 20, uh, the next podcast, we will be doing that. But let's continue. Number 11 on Keith Law's uh, top 40 prospects for this upcoming offseason is Michael Brantley. Now, Michael Brantley, outfielder, he's age 34. Hmm, What a guy. This is a guy who really just had that one breakout season. I think it was back in like 2016. No, I'm sorry. It was much earlier than that. It was like 2014, I think. And he's one of those guys that at age 34, I actually can see that he's not going to demand quite the enormous like, contract. He's just the definition of kind of solid, really disciplined hitter, doesn't strike out too much. And he's, maybe he's not going to hit like 30 home runs for you, but he's been really, really good over the course of the past few years. And he's had some seasons where if I'm not mistaken, uh, I should probably just look this up. Uh, not always. Yeah, I thought, it, I thought he walked more than he struck out. He only did that once back in 2015 where he walked 60 times and only struck out 51 times. Look, bottom line though, is the guy doesn't strike out. Super disciplined hitter, always hits around like that 300 mark when healthy, which over the past few years he has been, so that's good. If the Padres don't want to, they don't have to sign him. He's a guy that maybe could play left field okay, at least decently, um, you know, wouldn't be like necessarily an A+, plus, but like I said, it really depends on how you feel about Tommy Pham right now, and I don't necessarily think that they're going to move on from Will Myers either. Could they put him in DH? Well, yeah, but they could also do that with Marcelo Zuna, so I don't really know. I think that the Padres are really evaluating right now and de- kind of determining, and it depends a lot on how they feel like their, you know, prospects are going to pretend. Pan out, I think for sure too, and that can determine how much of they do in free agency in general. At least I think. Next up on the list is Justin Turner, third baseman, age 36. Let's just say no, this will not happen. One of those most, one of the more consistent hitters, in just hitting balls hard. The exit velo on his hits are always off the charts, and he just makes contact. He's always getting the barrel on the ball, and he's he's just been always very good. Is he annoying at the plate when you're pitching against him? Yes, because that's why it's evidence because he leads the league, uh, in like hit by pitch, like every single year. That's what things but i can't see the dodgers not re-signing this guy it feels like he's a dodger dude we're gonna retire a dodger dude and not to mention i'm really annoyed with the guy right now and i haven't talked enough about how annoying justin turner is Oh wait, that's not right. I did. I did. Do, I forgot, guys. I've forgotten what kind of podcast I've done this week. I did do the podcast earlier this week talking about this uh, World Series and congratulating the Dodgers, but also pointing out, hey, that was absolutely selfish beyond belief what Justin Turner did. At least that's how I view it. But uh, yeah, moving on because we got our future third baser. Let's just be honest. There's nothing here. Number thirteen, really interesting from Keith Law here. James Paxton. I don't know, man. I, and and like he says, you know, he says Paxton's 2020 marked a disastrous ending to his brief time in New York. Yes, that is for dang sure. In five games this year, he had a 6.64 ERA over the course of 20 innings pitched. That's not really that great, guys. And here's my thing. I just feel like Paxton is a solid, like, B pitcher, and I don't think it's worth the risk considering how much he gets hurt. This guy just seems to be a disaster year after year when it comes to his injuries, and if you look at things, you know, he's reached, yeah, does he have a high strikeout rate? Sure, but he's only reached over 180 strikeouts like twice, which is still, you know, impressive for sure, but I don't think he's worth the risk. I think there are other starting pitchers you can go for to kind of iron out the rotation until we're ready for Patino and... Mackenzie Gore to come up, or any other random starting pitcher we might have, maybe if we start Adrian Morejon next year, I just think that he's not worth the risk, and it was really disastrous, I just don't necessarily know if I trust that elbow to kind of hold throughout the whole season. Next guy on the list, number 14, is Angelton Simmons, one of the, uh, straight up, one of the all-time greatest defensive players ever, especially at shortstop. He started becoming a little bit better of a hitter over the course of his tenure with the Angels, you know, in 2017 and 2018 especially where his offensive war was, just for like a little like capture of this, his offensive war was 2.3, 3.7, and 3.8. Those are the first three years of the Angels, and then last year it was 0.7, and then this year 0.6 in a smaller timetable. However, I don't think this is a guy that the Padres need because he's a shortstop. Can we end it right there? We have Fernando Tatis. We have the king. And also, I think he's one of those players that I'm going to definitely be curious about. He's been consistently underrated, I think, in baseball circles for a long time because people don't, pay attention as much to defensive metrics and everyday sports talk but I don't know for sure this is a guy that you want to you know at age 31 I don't know if necessarily we know for sure that those defensive skills are going to hold up as he enters kind of you know the above uh, age 31 type of uh, twilight of his career potentially so that's a risky investment at least I think in terms of uh ball clubs heading into this offseason so I'm curious to see what happens the Padres shouldn't be making any moves here but like I said not totally sure uh, if you should be taking a big investment on the guy. It depends on what he gets. Next up, number 15, Masahiro Tanaka. Wow, I mean, he's been playing... You know, I remember when he first debuted and he had that, like, partial tear in his elbow, and he's had that for a while now, and he's never needed to get surgery, apparently, on it. He's a guy that, if you don't pay a lot for him, and if you pay a little bit less than to say something that the Yankees were paying for him, I think he could be a pretty quality starter and maybe make for in the Padres kind of... um. Uh, starting rotation he could be like a fourth or fifth starter i'd be very curious to see that and it'd be a lot of fun i mean from by all accounts the guy's super super competitive um and i'd like to see what he does he is prone to the long ball for sure i mean if you see him in the playoffs and stuff but one thing i do like about him except for this past off season, very good in the playoffs Very, very good in the playoffs, so that's a nice little tiny little, uh, you know, cherry on top, but he's definitely not a guy that's going to blow you away, or a guy that you should super-duper invest in, so, you know, don't know what the Padres are going to do there. Again, I think a lot of what depends with the Padres in their offseason, it depends how they feel about Clevenger and Denelson Lemets' health, and then how far along Luis Patino and Mackenzie Gore are. Next up on the top 40, he has Kevin Gosman Kevin Gaussman, I just don't want any parts of this guy. I know, I know, I know. I'm the same dude who was saying that sometimes it takes time for these big old prospects to finally break out. And Kevin Gossman kind of did that this year. However, is that worth giving him kind of a major deal? I don't really know. It's definitely one of the more AJ Peller type of moves. I mean, he did it with Pomeranz last year. Pomeranz kind of started finding a role for himself, admittedly though, in the bullpen. And this would be more of a starting pitcher kind of situation, but I do think that... That, you know, as a fourth starter, he could be pretty good if the Padres aren't feeling so good about the back of their rotation. Um, and it probably won't cost as much. So this is the type of guy that I could see AJ Preller going for, for sure. Number 17, Ha-Seong Kim. Uh, he's a shortstop, age 25. Um, he is the one of the only guys to be coming from the KBO kind of league. Um, and I am really interested to see how this one goes out. Obviously, the youngest so far of all the free agents that... Uh, um, uh, Keith Law has mentioned so far in the top 40 and he comes in at number uh, 16 or I'm sorry number 17 like I said but he's a shortstop so it's definitely not a guy that the Padres are going to be investing in however one of the more interesting guys that will debut next year I imagine so you know my only thing is that you know his stats over there versus here is definitely a concern that I would have for other ball clubs but not such a major concern that you want to give him a shot especially at his age of 25 and if you're really in need of shortstop. Uh, number 18, Jose Quintana. This is another guy uh, who is a very AJ Preler kind of guy to go for. He's had some really good years before and has really been kind of like a, a, a maybe a a low-tier uh, second starter on a team and then mostly a third uh, third rotation type of starter. I don't know. This is another guy that I'm a little bit nervous about. But again, he's definitely a buy low type of candidate, especially for a multi-year deal. I could definitely see the, the logic in bringing in Jose Quintana for sure. And then the last two uh, of the top 20 are Taiwan Walker and Nelson Cruz. Now both of these guys are fascinating in their own right? because Taiwan Walker basically had a, a big comeback season, one of his big comeback seasons in a while, and he's one of those guys that's just been had an ultimate like really up and down career. You know, he, he was he kind of made like some strides back when he was in Seattle. Nothing crazy, but was pretty okay there. And then he gets hurt and basically pitches for the first time, you know, consistently in a long time. And in 2020 he was pretty great. Had an ERA of only 2.7, a whip of 1, and a K per 9 of 9. At age 27 is it a far cry to suggest that maybe Tim Walker has finally found his stuff? No, I would say that if out of all the pitchers, he's I really do think this guy is fascinating because it could go in either way, you know what I mean, especially with his youth, especially. I think that there's something that uh if they if the Padres were because it would definitely be a multi-year deal if the Padres at least I think go for on Walker um but I don't think it would be one that would be super long I don't think this is like a a five it won't be like a five-year deal or anything like that so maybe as as Keith Law mentions in here you know because of his youth maybe it'll just be like a two-year deal and if it is a two-year deal I kind of prefer that almost above any of the pitchers that I've mentioned so far I'm being perfectly honest with you guys so as of right now, let's just say one of the pitchers that I'm most high on for the Pirates to potentially going after is Tywon Walker. It is Trevor Bauer if if they can if they can get him on that one year deal, not a long term deal, because we still do have those bullpen uh, guys and we have those starting pitching guys, especially amongst our prospects coming up in the future. and You don't want to block them, especially if you think that they're ready, and because that will cost a lot less. You know what I mean? We want to see them debut and hopefully fill up to their potential. So I will say this right now: I will say Tywon Walker, preliminary one of my free agents that I'd like uh, if the Pirates were to sign somebody in free agency to a multi-year deal he'd be the one that I'm looking at and then Nelson Cruz like I said before I just don't understand Uh, if they want to bring him in for another one-year deal that'd be great but let me tell you, um, I just don't understand. I feel like it's going to end badly at some point. It has to. He's forty years old. But I have to admit, just a, just an aside on t- really incredible that after being suspended that season for PED usage, that he came back and then has literally been better than any of the previous years that he supposedly used performance enhancing drugs, like by a long shot. This is a guy who has a high op- on base percentage, like basically every year. Hits almost like has a home run average. He hits like thirty home runs every year consistently. One of the- most consistent dhs in the game it's one of those lottery picks if you get him and it is it turns out that he's still got something left in the tank and he is good again then you could probably get one of the best values in baseball especially if it's an only one a one-year deal but then if you don't then there's a potential that he just completely craters and falls off a cliff a la i don't know kevin Eucalys is a name that comes to mind they are not at all similar whatsoever but you get what i'm saying you never know with these kind of uh, older players if it just comes crashing down when you least expect it um, but definitely, if, if the Padres would take a shot in Nelson Cruz, I definitely wouldn't mind it uh, to give ourselves more of a DH that we can definitely trust uh, instead of uh, Mitch Moreland, especially if you get him on a deal that isn't much more than the $3 million I think it's going to cost for the club option for Mitch Moreland. If they choose to do that, then I d- imagine they probably won't go for Nelson Cruz, but if they don't, then uh, if you can get him on a decent deal, man, that would be a really uh, unbelievable adage to an already pretty stacked lineup. But with all that said, guys, I feel like I've been talking a ton today. That's because we went through 20 free agents. It's a long, chunky boy podcast to hold you over this spooky Halloween weekend, I guess. We're going to have part two of this, I think, on Tuesday because I have another episode with a special guest coming on Monday, which should be awesome, and I'm not going to tell you who it is because someone I haven't even talked to before, so I think it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, but yeah, with that all being said, guys, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast where you your podcast from. Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, google podcast himalaya overcast wherever be sure to follow uh, the show on twitter which is at lo underscore Padres, or myself which is at java peño i'm going to link in the description if you guys are curious the keith law article on the athletic if you're subscribed really great read he dives deep into everything so you guys can do that if you want instead of just hearing my thoughts you could hear his thoughts um, and until next time stay safe and of course stay faithful my Friar faithful homies take care